Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast listeners, you are going to start hearing us recording from the sanctuary again. We have, as a congregation, decided to come back together to worship in person with masks on and a COVID protocol that is our way of prioritizing the most vulnerable among us, those who cannot be vaccinated or who are not vaccinated. So enjoy listening. And again, you might hear us from our sanctuary in Atlanta, Georgia. Some of the recordings might actually end up um, sounding different in this setting, but we hope that you continue to listen, give us feedback, rate us on your different podcast listening apps and take good care. Be safe.
of everybody we're supposed to have. Hello, it's time. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. This was such a lovely warm up and surprise for, for us. We're so excited to be here. Welcome, welcome to Park Avenue. Welcome to those of us who are here, to those of us who are serving and offering your beautiful gifts, and to those of us online. We are excited, invigorated, to be a part of a community that gives and cares and wants to be a part of a journey for folks healing, healing not just from the racialized trauma that exists in our world and also healing from the ways that church has harmed us and the ways that theology has worked to tell us we aren't good enough. So we are here to say there is a different way. And so I'm Darcy. I think I, I know everyone in here, um, but I'll say it for the folks online. I am one of the pastors here. I serve with Pastor Henra. I'm affirmed by they, them pronouns. I want to say everyone who's not on stage is wearing a mask, and that's what we're doing to keep each other safe. So we are very excited. We have distanced pews, and we are, we are here worshiping together as well as online. And everyone who is on stage has, um, has told us that they are vaccinated. So this is how we're keeping each other safe in this time where there is so much going on and all of our families and all of us have been impacted in some way by COVID-19. So we hold that in this space as well. I am so excited to be welcoming our very own Cody Norad, who will be preaching today. Cody is not just the executive director of Georgia Interfaith Power and Light. He is our esteemed drummer. <laughs> and you know drummers are always like the coolest in the band. So, uh, But also I went to seminary with, uh, with our dear Cody at Candler. So um, it's wild to be on this journey and to be able to have journeyed with people for so long. And so I can't wait to hear his perspective. We're starting a new sermon series, which is called Water is Life. And we're talking about living water. And also, this is a phrase that has been used over and over again and popularized by the Lakota tribe in the um, no-dapple um, fight that has been happening and continues. And so we are taking a theological viewpoint of this. Um, one of the things that we try to do every year in this time is to begin practices that connect us and tell the story in some way, some small way, of the land and our connection to that. So today, and in this sermon series, we're going to be talking about water, our connection to water. And many of you know that the Chattahoochee River is our watershed here in Atlanta. And so I hope that this practice that I'm about to do 
of a land acknowledgement becomes a part of our practice regularly here at Park Avenue. So join me as I walk us through this land acknowledgement. As we begin our service today, we acknowledge the land, recognizing that this is only a small step in what needs to happen, in what needs to connect us back to the stories and to the people who were the first inhabitants of this land. So to acknowledge, we recognize and speak out the names of the indigenous tribe of the Muscogee Creek people. This nation are the original inhabitants of this land. To acknowledge this nation who were forcefully removed from the land under the Indian Removal Act of 1830 is to understand that we are connected to that, not just the land, but that act that removed people that lived here, people that thrived here, people that had their families here. And so we live now in the context of this, the context of our past, the present, and the future. We carry the knowledge of this ancestry with us through this process and beginning to name, acknowledge. Again, this is just a first step, but we hope to take it together. So as we begin worship this morning, know that you are welcome. All of you is welcome. And I'm so glad to be here with you. Thank you. So good.
Good morning, everyone. I'm Justin Anderson. I'm a member here at Park Avenue. Uh, I'm affirmed by he, him pronouns. I'm pinching in from my partner, Michael, who's running the sound for the online experience. So uh, join me in this call to worship this morning. We should have everything on the screen. God, you split rocks in the wilderness and gave your people abundant drink as from the deep. Be with us, God, and give us that abundant water. Blessed creator, your voice thundered over the waters at creation. Make and remake us in your living waters, O God. Out of the Jordan River in baptism, you spoke affirmations to your child, Jesus. Speak to us of your love and acceptance. Dear Lord, you made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Make your presence known to us. Send the waters down upon us. Loving God, you turned the desert into pools of water, the parched land into springs of water. Come to us, Lord. Create springs in the parched desert of our hearts. As the tree planted next to a flowing stream, so my soul thrives with you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Come to us, Lord, and fill our longing. Park Ave, you've been called to worship. This world can never satisfy the longing in my soul When all is lost and hope is dry When all I feel is cold I'm coming back to your presence I'm coming back to your presence Cause there's a hunger and a thirst Burning like a light. 
they say what has been harmed in community needs to be healed in community. So this is a time for us to do some, one part, a small part of that inner work that we can do and we have access to at any time. This is our moment for centering down. We use the name centering down as the Reverend Dr. Howard Thurman called it. And it's an ancient practice, centering prayer. We like to start this off with a poem. Much of our biblical text is poetry. So hear these words, and then I'll talk us through a short moment of inner quietness. If you guys want, you can sit, take a break, <laughs> or stand. Hear this poem, these words from Pablo Neruda. Sonnet 34. You are the daughter of the sea, oregano's first cousin. Swimmer, your body is pure as the water. Everything you do is full of flowers, rich with the earth. Your eyes go out toward the water and the waves rise. Your hands go out to the earth and the seeds swell. You know the deep essence of water and the earth. Conjoined in you like a formula for clay. Take a moment. Settle in where you stand or where you sit. If you feel comfortable with the practice, you could close your eyes or just let your gaze fall soft. Breathe normally. As you sit, center in on your first year space that you are in. If you're here with us, you might hear a small voice in the background. You might hear the hum of the air purifier. You might feel the heat of your own breath if you're wearing a mask. As you think and hear what's going on around you, take those thoughts inward. Do a quick scan of your body. Are there any parts of you that need attention? And if you can, breathe into those parts. This is a practice of imagining breathing life into those parts of you. You know the deep essence of water and the earth. 
conjoined in you like a formula for clay. Dear God, we come into your presence. We ask for you to be here with us, though perhaps you always are. God, we seek your presence, not just for our own health and healing, but because we recognize that our health and healing is integral to the health and healing of the world. Our wholeness is tied up with the wholeness of all of your creatures and the whole earth. In a time where wholeness is a factor of money and free time, we ask for your abundant love and wholeness for all, for those who are in our presence, in our lives directly, and those throughout the world. God, you know the desires of our heart. We ask this in the name of your Son, our Black Messiah. Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Park Avenue. We came to our time of offering and thanksgiving. I am Pastor Henry. I go by he and him pronouns. As always, there are several ways to give here at Park Ave. You can text give 470-300-1731. Uh, parkavebaptist.com slash give and we'll also have baskets up front if you're willing to give as well in that manner let us pray over our offering this morning God of who is God who is capable of all things we come at this time thanking you for the breath in this moment for the breath of time that you've given us to receive blessings and all that that entails we thank you for every offering for every gift whether that be in the form of money, talent, time, skill, we are thankful. We come to give a little bit of that back at this time. May it be used for the upkeep and the building and the expression of your love in this world. It's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Amen. no pleasure in our shame. We find a place within our
Well, that was the sermon there. Thanks for coming this morning. Thank you all. That's an incredible song. I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, a couple of announcements. Um, did this start this past Monday, Pastor Darcy, the Unpacking Toxic Theology? Fantastic. And that's an online experience through Zoom. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't joined us, uh, join us every Monday night uh, for the next couple of weeks, starting at 8 p.m. And this week, it's our own Deacon Daniel. Right there. Um, we also, if you are interested in helping with uh, uh, our hybrid worship team, um, you can speak to Marthame. We are always looking for individuals to assist with uh, sound mixing, with running slides. Um, anything in that nature would be super, super helpful. Marthame's in the back right there. Uh, you can see Marthame after service. Um, we are also looking for volunteers to assist with helping us pick up those that would like to attend, but for some reason or another cannot get here on their own volition. So if you're interested in serving in that regard, uh, being a bit of uh, a taxi Uber service here to uh, the Park Ave, we would greatly appreciate that. You can reach out to Elliot Glenn for more information. Uh, two great things coming up in November that we would really love to increase awareness about and also get some uh, interest in, in collaboration on. November 17th is uh, the Trans Day of Remembrance event in collaboration with Virginia Highlands uh, UCC Church and Minister Leo Allen, who is a former member here. Uh, so for more details about that event, I'm sure Pastor Darcy can provide some detail. And then on November 21st is the Trans Day of Resilience Sunday with a brunch. And is that here? Fantastic. Brunch will be outside and we need people to help plan. I don't know if Henry's gonna be firing up a grill or a griddle or something like that. That's fantastic. Um, but we would, we would love your assistance and um, uh, volunteer help with that um, as well. I think that covers all of the announcements. I'm gonna uh, go ahead and move into our scripture reading and prepare us for today's sermon. This comes from Revelation 20, verses 1 and 2. Then the angel showed me to the river of water. I'll start that again. Then the angel showed me to the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. I think we're going to move into our children's moment. Correct, maybe? It's time for children's moment, come young saints. It's time for children's moment, come on down. It's time for children's moment, children's moment, children's moment, children's moment, children's moment, now. Thank you, Jill. Jill did that just for you. So we, um, for our children's moment, Luis always hears about our children's moment before we do it, right, buddy? <laughs> Is this one of your fave books? Pretty much. So for those of us who are online today, there is actually a really great reading of this book um, that we can put the link to in the chat a little later. This book is called Water Protectors. Will you read it with me? 
Do you want to do some reading too? Okay. We are water detectors. Water is our first medicine. Nakomi told me this. Who told you that? The book. <laughs> Nakomi means grandmother. We come from water. It nourished us inside our mother's body as it nourishes us here on earth. Water is sacred, she said. Is that Nakomi, is that Nakomi talking? Yeah. We stand with our songs and our dreams. We are still here. The river's rhythms run through my veins, runs through my people's veins. You see them playing drums? We stand with our songs. We are singers. Good job. My people talk of a black snake that will destroy the land. What's the music that goes along with that? Spoil the water, poison the plants and animals, wreck everything in its path. I know exactly how we'll wreck it. Spoil. When my people first spoke of the black snake, they foretold it wouldn't come for many years. Has it been many years, do you think? And now the black snake is here. Its venom burns the land, courses through the water, making it unfit to drink. Take courage. We must keep the black snake away from my village's water. We must rally together. Yes, I must keep the black snake away. Is that you? That's everyone again. And me? And you and who? To stand for the water, to stand for the land. And stand as one against the black snake. And look who's leading them. Who is that? Okay. It looks like a, uh, she looks like a little girl. Oh, you, you read this. We stand with our songs and our drums. We are still here. It will not be easy. It will not be easy. We fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. The winged ones. The crawling ones. Like our tiny friends. The four-legged, the two-legged, the plants, the trees, rivers, and lakes. Oh, look at that little guy. The earth, 
We are all related. What does that mean, we are all related? Even though we're different, in some ways we could be the same. We could be family, all of us. Okay. Tears like waterfalls stream down tracks down my face, tracks down my people's face. Water has its own spirit, Nokomis told me. Water is alive. Water remembers our ancestors. Our ancestors who came before us. We stand with our songs and our drums. We are still here. We are stewards of the earth. Our spirits have not been broken. We'll never be broken. We are the water protectors. We stand. The blackness is in for the fight of its life. So the water protectors, this is an Ojibwa story, right? And do we make it a pact that we are water protectors? We don't have to, but do we feel like that's our call? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Will you pray with me? Will you all pray with me? God, be with our young people who are the future and who will be and are the water protectors. For the children in Flint, for the community in Flint, for, the, for the, everyone impacted by the pipeline, for everyone whose watershed is in jeopardy. Help us to reconnect with the land with the water, the water that holds our ancestors, the water from which we are made. We are in for the fight of our lives, but we have living water. Let everyone, let the young people, let everyone know that we can endure. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give a round of applause for Minister Louise? <laughs> yeah. i 
our thirst and we drink deep from the river of life sing better is, better is one day in your courts better is one day in your house better is one day in your courts thousands elsewhere better is one day in your 
and all God's people said. transition and Cody comes up on stage, let's just say a prayer for our friend who is bringing the word today. Holy Spirit, God of all understanding and love, God of the water, the sky, the earth, God of all healing, be with our brother now as he speaks to the other side, to his congregation and your word. And all this we ask in your matchless name. Amen. Do not be afraid. Stand firm, Kevin. Stand firm. And see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to keep still. In the middle of the desert wilderness... A stunned and terrified people hear these words. Tears streaming down their face and dust kicking up less than a mile away. The pounding of hooves and chariots, a garrison of soldiers, shakes the very ground. The Egyptians plow forward towards the fleeing Israelites. As those words escape the mouth of God's chosen, Moses. Do not be afraid. And the Lord said unto Moses, why do you cry out to me? Instead, tell the Israelites to go forward, but lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Moses lifts the staff, the sea parts. Moses leads the people of God forward. Just as they reach the banks on the other side, the sea wipes away their slavers. Water is life. Tired, thirsty, faithless, wandering in the desert, the people of God begin to turn on Moses. Frustrated, lost, still thirsty. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Moses cries. He speaks and taps the rock with his staff and water gushing forth as if from the mouth of God for the people of God and for creation, the waters of Meribah, where the people of God quarreled with the Lord and where God showed God's own holiness by bringing forth water. Water is life. Upon Moses' death, the people plunge the very Ark of the Covenant into the River Jordan, and the water parts again. They pave the way for the Israelites to enter into the realm of milk and honey. God even commands them to build an altar with 12 stones to remember the parting of the water. Water is life. It is deliverance, and it is worth the people of God remembering. Do you remember? This morning, I have the privilege of being the first of many preachers in this sermon series, Water is Life. Water is life. What comes to your mind when you hear this phrase? 
This sermon series is about the importance of creation, which is why I presume I was asked to speak about it, of water itself, but also the cry for justice within the Water is Life movement. We heard about this morning. Water is life is a translation of a Lakota phrase, heralded most notably in modern history by native water protectors. Oil and gas infrastructure running across vast stretches of land and water, violating every treaty everywhere. The Dakota Access Pipeline, Standing Rock, the Keystone Pipeline, Line 3, pipeline after pipeline, destruction after destruction, the call by native water protectors, water is life, do you remember? This morning we've heard scriptures that speak to the importance of creation. We have sung songs together about the wildness of creation, its intricate bond with our creator God. Water is life is an invitation for us to think about why water matters, why creation matters, and how we might be in right relationship with God and with creation. Our relationship with God and our relationship with each other depends on being in right relationship with creation and right relationship with water. To set the stage for this sermon series, I want to invite you on a journey of remembrance through our own history as followers of the living God. I want to invite you into the thousands of years of traditions, scriptures, prayers, songs, commandments, commitments. Water matters a great deal to the people of God and to God's own self. From the time that the Jewish people are freed from the land of Egypt and moving into the land of milk and honey, water is life, but it continues. The texts go on and on. If you've heard me preach here before, I've spoken about the primacy of the land throughout Scripture being an indicator for worship of God's presence, of God's justice. The same is true for water, and its significance is even greater than that of the land. Water is picked up by the writers throughout the major and minor prophets. Into Jesus' own ministry, water is the symbol of God's faithfulness. It marks God's presence, God's glory. The poets, prophets, and the living Christ have a really hard time coming up with anything else to compare God's power, promise, commandments, beauty, reckoning, wrath, love, other than variations of water. Water is life. So, what about the beginning? Where does the importance of water come for Christians? How does the story go? The verse we heard that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, or read slightly differently in the beginning when God began to create the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God swept over the face of the water. In the beginning, before, or as God was creating the heavens and the earth, there was water. Some might call blasphemy, but if you just read the text, the text is clear that in the beginning there was water. In the beginning, God spent time with water. As God creates light and dark, God reaches God's hands into the water and pulls up all of creation itself. Water is the preferred canvas for the creator. Water becomes life at the very hands of God. Water is so important that the world is birthed out of it. 
And the very first commandment given to humans is to tend the garden, to care for creation, to care for water. Upon being banished from the garden, it is creation that stands to give glory to God when human beings cannot. It is creation itself, water, that mediates the very presence of God throughout the canon of Scripture. Every writer in every book brings up water as deliverance, as a promise, as a sign of the living God. The psalmist, upon reflecting on the glory of God, is left reprising the creation story over and over again. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over mighty water. Waters purify the earth. Sparing none but Noah and his family, on Job's grand tour of the cosmos, he is met in the waters by the Leviathan, the water beast. It is water that is withheld during the reigns of wicked rulers and water that Elijah beckons from on high. It is in the depths of the sea that Jonah is called to repentance. Water holds the power to create. It's home to those titan mystical creatures. And then there was that voice that crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. First John the Baptist, then Jesus, submerged into water as a sign of commitment to live differently. The beginning of Jesus' acceptance of his own ministry is marked by going under the water. We saw last week in the first baptism held in this sanctuary in quite some time, the true power and meaningfulness of water and our own sacraments. It is the primary sign upon which we all agree marks you as a follower of the living God. Remember your baptism, we say. Remember water rushing over you in order to remember the commitments you have made to God and to each other. Remember who you are. For generations, people of God have moved across fields, dressed in white, just to find a river to submerge themselves in the water in order to say, I'm ready to walk in the way of love. I'm ready to walk differently. I commit myself to the life of Christ because water is life. It has been our life for all of our tradition forever. Upon the Sea of Galilee in a small fishing boat, the water is so wild, so strong, so powerful that it's worth the disciples waking God up just to calm it. So too, Jesus uses water as the stage to walk upon to demonstrate the power of God, to show what is possible with God, to walk upon the waters. In the very first miracle Jesus would ever perform, he turns water into wine to keep the party going. Water is worth celebrating. Water is life. And in his last hours, Jesus will raise a glass to his friends. Water made wine. And in our gatherings, we will celebrate the freedom of God by partaking in the very same sacrament, baptism, then the breaking of bread with wine, the body and the promise of God for us. Water is life. It is the spit rubbed with mud and pushed into the eyes of a man so that he might see. It is the cup of water given to the thirsty that marks the way of Christ. It is the washing of hands before meals, the blessings that we come into the sanctuary, put blessings over our head with water basins. It is the cleansing of each other's feet to ask forgiveness. Water is life. Water is not only life, it is God's own promise. The scriptures that we read this morning begin with God and water and the end of the story that we just read. There will be free, clean water for everyone. 
flowing from the very throne of God itself. Water means so much to the writers of scripture that water is the only thing they can imagine pouring forth from the kingdom of God, from the very throne of God in the full manifestation of the kingdom and in glory, water is the promise to all. As a society, we have tried our best to domesticate water, to make it meaningless, to wrap it up in plastic bottles, to be satisfied with running it through lead pipes to school children. We blindly accept the reality that the ocean is now the largest garbage can we have. Every day, we poison our water, our life. Whether it is in the domestic wells across Georgia, in which toxic waste from coal seeps into the watershed, seeps into wells, or the tar sands pipelines that decimate treaty rights, only to spill black oil, the black snake, into rivers, lakes, and streams. It is the continuous oil spills in the Gulf. It is the acid rain that plagues the wilderness and human beings we choose not to see. We are complicit in a society that does its best to separate us from our calling, to tend the garden, to take care of creation. The only ways that the throes of capitalism can function in its never-ending raping and pillaging of the land is if we choose not to see it, if we choose to allow it, if we allow it to separate us from our purpose, from our livelihoods, from our own deliverance that is bound up with creation, we will never be able to thrive unless creation is allowed to thrive. But if we repent, if we repent and we can look at our actions in the face and choose to live differently, we might just come alive. If we choose to believe and follow our tradition, our God, if we treat water like God treats water, if we view water like the disciples, if we are so in awe of its power that we are compelled to seek God out when we are in water's own midst, we might just come alive. If we treat water as if it was the only thing worthy of Jesus Christ submerging himself in, as the thing God first molded in God's hand to give birth to everything around us, we might start to come alive. If we see the water as that which burst forth from the stones to give God's people water that was turned into wine and lifted as a toast before the crucifixion, if we see the dew on the ground the morning that the stone is rolled away, Jesus bids you come alive. Come alive. Follow the water. Remember the Ethiopian eunuch, the passage from last week? Here is water. What is to prevent me from getting baptized now? Here is the water. Could I change my life today? Might I come alive today? If we believe that water that rushes over our faces in baptism means something, the tears of joy and sorrow, the rain, the waterfall, the ocean, the deep, the river that the lion and the lamb lays beside, the river that runs from the very throne of God, the promise of living water, of life, that only God can give, that only human beings have been charged with taking care of. The call of God is that we safeguard creation, protect water. Water is life because it truly is. 
Water is life because God and the followers of God and Jesus that have come before us agree that water is life. Living water is the promise that God has given us through Jesus, the living Christ. And if water is life, if the very protection of water and creation is our call, then to ignore the desecration of water is rebellion. To stand silently as water protectors do what they have always done in the face of the colonizer is to sin before our neighbor. And if water is life, then the desecration of water is surely death. And we know in the promise of the living God that we are not called to death, but to everlasting life. Water is life. Will you remember? Amen. Let's get, uh, let's give Reverend Cody another hand this morning. That's a, a great way to start off an important topic, uh, sermon series, Water is Life. So we thank you for your gift of sharing that with us this morning. And in this time, this is our time to respond to that. Do you remember? Water is life. Uh, myself and Pastor Darcy will be in the back if you need prayer. Um, if you just want to sit and reflect on the message this morning, an amazing message this morning, do just that as our choir comes and sing in our time of response.
Please rise for this benediction. You are God's people, gifted with dreams and visions, and upon you rest the grace of God like flames of fire. May you love the Lord in the strength of the Spirit. May you be blessed with the power of love in the Christ. And may you come alive. May you love water and yourselves. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into the world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God who created you loves you and empowers you. To love boldly. Live inclusively. And to serve creatively. Amen. Amen.